At Battery Bill, we power everything by battery. It's not if an emergency happens, but when. Are you ready? Be prepared for this hurricane season. Having backup power ready for these necessities, home, refrigerator, and phone are essential for peace of mind to have uninterrupted power during an emergency. Do you need an affordable, reliable backup power solution? We have it. Goal Zero, Jackery, and EcoFlow. Reliable, innovative, and affordable. Power when you need it. Battery Bill, Mapuna Puna, Nimitz, and Hilo. Battery Bill. All right, how's it going, everybody? We welcome you to episode 115 here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes along with you here as we record this Wednesday, November 8th. Uh, it's a little after 9.30 a.m. Um, actually, we record this Thursday, November 9th. Uh, my days are all screwed up here, Hunter. It's been a, it's been a week um for those who know uh so we're uh we're we're getting this thing up on our usual thursday time uh everybody behind the scenes working working double hard uh we appreciate all you guys back there as well um big thanks to spectrum mobile hawaii usa federal credit union and battery bill uh hunter we got a pretty positive episode lined up because uh, hawaii picked up a road win amazingly enough um and Hawaii will be back on the road next week. It's daylight. My opening drive here, Hunters, is daylight savings because uh, we get a little extra sleep on Sundays before NFL football. We get a little extra sleep before uh, like the big noon kickoff, which is now at 7 a.m. Hawaii time instead of 6 a.m. Uh, why are we still doing this? Why, why is daylight savings still a thing? This makes absolutely no sense to me anymore. Um, and, you know, it's kind of nice because the games start later in the day. You get you get, you get home, you catch like an NBA game that doesn't start till like five o'clock. So you can watch the whole thing after your Paul Hunter or something like that. But yeah, daylight savings. What are, what are we doing? Is this is this necessary? Well, you, you grew up in Hawaii, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So, you know, this time of the year is wild, especially for northerner northern states like in Chicago, bro. The it's sun's dark all the time. Dude, it's the sun sets at three thirty. That doesn't sound fun. It's depressing. <laughs> it you're like at school, and whenever you you get out, it's dusk already. You're like, wow, okay, there goes there goes our evening. So usually this time of year, I remember Pee Wee football man having to like have like your dad start the car and put the brights on just to light up the field to uh, get the second half of football practice going. So different parts of the country, if you don't make this switch, uh, it can really uh, affect a lot of life. And uh, um, totally different than like, I, I got a buddy who grew up in Northern Alaska. I mean, this time of the year, like they get like three hours of sunlight a day. Or you know, towards November. December. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's the um, inverse so of summer. It's a little bit different than what we're going, you know, what we went through in in Chicago. But uh, it is it is comical for us over here in Hawaii. You're exactly right because it's like uh, this makes no difference for us really than maybe like 45 minutes difference when the sun goes down. So yeah, this is uh, definitely going down earlier. Why don't we just leave the clocks now as they are now? You know what I mean? So like it's. Instead of the rollback, yeah, yeah, like like pick the better of the two options and just just leave it there. You know? That's a good call. Yeah, because I, I I totally understand the the changing of the seasons and 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 things getting dark. I mean, even I, I lived in LA for four years going to college, 
Um, and even then, you know, like when the clocks changed, it'd be like five o'clock out a little, not quite as drastic, but yeah. dark, you know, it's like, this isn't, I don't like this. This is too well, early. Um, but but why don't we just, why don't we just leave the clocks as they are right now? So, I'll you know, you what, in the, in the spring, round. yeah, in the spring when they roll it back, um, it's ironic because they always choose a Sunday. They always choose to do it on a it's always Sunday. Sunday, always Sunday. And, yep. And my, my dad, my dad was a preacher. And so in the springtime that Sunday, like no one would come because they're still sleeping. Cause like they, they roll it back and what normally is the time, like they're an hour late getting out the door. So, uh, that, that one Sunday, the least the attended mass of the year, dude, literally, um, it was, is, uh, is when the clocks, uh, spring forward as they say, yeah, this is, this is funny. I just, I just, you know, just, just pick one of them. Just stick with that. If you need a little extra time in the day, just pick the later one. We stick with that. You know, I don't know. It's uh, it seems it seems unnecessary uh, in 2023. But uh, you know, what do I know? I grew up in it near the you know near the tropics uh, where the where the years um, you know doesn't change that much over yeah. the course of the season. So uh, yeah, I just just wanted to bring that up. It, it's always interesting for a sports fan, right? That's like the only reason I care is because of what time games start. Um, yeah. Other than that, I could care less. Uh, what what the rest of the continent and and the rest of like the Western world is doing when it comes to daylight savings? Just don't. I just need to know when the, the NFL games start. Is it at seven or is it at eight? You know, how early do I need to get up and make breakfast? Uh, is really the only question here. Am I sleeping until halftime? Who knows, right? That's that's the only thing that that really matters when it comes down to it. All right, time to get into some white football talk. Uh, I want to remind you that white football now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, game time here on episode 115. Hawaii wins. Man, I said that a whole lot this season. Three times, to be exact. Uh, but this, obviously, I think the one that maybe feels the best uh, because of what was transpiring in the month leading up to it, uh, where Hawaii was, you know, in the midst of a four-game losing streak. The comeback against New Mexico State, obviously, in that second half, exhilarating, uh, you know. But uh, to go on the road, um, to go to the place where Coach Chang and, and you know, a couple other guys on the staff had, had spent time, uh, in Reno uh, means a lot, I think, and and quite honestly, was the most complete performance for this Hawaii football program um, here this season. One of the best, I think, all around comprehensive efforts um, from Coach Chang over the over the two years he's been in charge of the program. Hawaii now three and seven on the year after a twenty seven to fourteen victory over Nevada. Um, Hawaii winning outright as three and a half point underdogs. Uh, the total goes under fifty and a half. Uh, UH three six and one against the spread this season, and the uh, the total five and five five overs five under so far through their first ten games. Um, all of the things, eh, maybe not all of the things. I should take that back. A lot of the discouraging trends were bucked by Hawaii in this game. They didn't score in the first quarter. That that's in, that's one of those that that continues to just be you know kind of befuddling. But they had a halftime lead. Uh, they shut out an opponent in the first half. They ran it for 130 yards, Hunter. Uh, they won the turnover battle. Uh, the defense, six sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, Matt Shipley hits two 50-yard field goals. First time that's ever happened 
in Hawaii football history in the same game. Um, so a lot of those things, right. Uh, couldn't run the football Well, they ran it for over 130, uh, dead last to turnover differential won the turnover battle. Uh, can't get after the quarterback. Can't get in the backfield. 10 tackles for lost six sacks. Like what happened? This was a Nevada team. That's not, uh, don't get me wrong. They're, they're still not very good. Um, but it was a team that looked like they had turned a little bit of a corner, had won two in a row. Uh, the defense was playing pretty good um, uh, in a win against San Diego State, a 6-0 win. You just don't see that scores, those kind of scores anymore in college football. And then a uh, pretty comprehensive handling of New Mexico, right? Two teams that beat Hawaii. Uh, and then for the vast majority of this game, uh, Hawaii, after, after taking a, a lead in the, th- the second quarter, was kind of in control, uh, which we, we just not, we haven't seen them sort of exert their will against teams very often uh so what the heck happened Hunter man um first of all I have to say job well done by this coaching staff job well done by the players uh certainly uh kind of hanging tight in that third quarter where there was opportunity to slip Nevada was surging uh, some personal foul penalties, which you and I will get into here in a little bit. Um, there were there was opportunity for us to kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, um, and Timmy did not allow that to happen. And we were facing a team that, let's just call it what it is, Jordan, was not very good. We were playing a not very good Nevada team, and they showed it, and the only way that they could have found their way back into that football game was if we allowed them to, if we um, allowed us to stoop to their level instead of setting a bar and setting a standard. Um, Felt eerily similar, honestly, to uh, the San Diego State game. Uh, The one big difference here was Hawaii took care of the football. We took care of the football, did what we needed to do, and our defense played fantastic. You're going you're gonna to win a lot of football games if those uh, three things uh, can be accomplished uh, by your team. Uh, some really encouraging things that I saw. It looked like our offensive line probably had their best game all season. Uh, kept Braden from getting hit, um, allowed a handful of running backs to get around the outside. Um, I think the first play from scrimmage Landon Sims had like a 15 yard run uh, around the left edge. And uh, it was like, where did that come from? Uh, Another really positive uh, flame that, that showed up again was Pafeli Ashlock. Um, Looked like he kind of went into hibernation this last month and for him to, come out of the woodwork and have the strong performance that he did, you know, 87 yards, two touchdowns. I wish I had started him in fantasy Jordan, cause he would have gotten me some points. Um, and then honestly, uh, a solid day for, uh, for Shager. It wasn't exactly a, a banner uh, kind of day passing wise for us. I, I know we left a bunch out there. We had a walk-in touchdown by uh, Ati Malala that should have uh, probably been grabbed, but uh, really good. Um, I'm not going to speak too much about that, but, um, that actually was a new concept that they have just put into, uh, the playbook and really encouraging to this receiver core. I've been at practice this whole week, encouraging them guys continue to, uh, stick to your rules. This will, this will reap its rewards if you give it the time necessary. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would, 
I think it's fair to say it was a solid day from the offense, but the win belongs to the defense. Uh, when you look at the uh, team tackles, the tackles for loss, um, the interception, almost the pick six by uh, Peter Monuma um, was fantastic. And then uh, Isaiah Tufanga, second week in a row with a forced fumble. Um, it looked like we had some much needed juice on that defense. And I mean, you've been around a lot of football, Jordan, both as um, a player, a coach and uh, an analyst. Now it is magical what a defense can do to the heartbeat of a football team. If they are playing well, if they are causing turnovers, if, if they, like uh, when we were younger, right? The ooh hit. Who's gonna go out there and get the ooh hit to cause the crowd to to yell out ooh? Um, it is fascinating to me from an emotional standpoint how much the defensive side of the football dictates things way more than offense. Uh, to me, offense is more functional. We we need you to score points, but defense controls the tone of the game, and that was certainly felt by our defensive effort uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? And even a lot of those high-flying, um, you know, run-and-shoot era teams over the last quarter century, right? The, they got a lot of the headlines, but defense, man, right? It was always – they always had a defense that maybe gave up a lot of points, but, boy, you felt them. There was a little bit of a tone-setting nature to those defenses. They could play aggressive, uh, in part knowing that, you know, they the offense was going to go put up some points as well. But it's amazing, you know, it's like a, it's what football's got so many cliches, right? It's got so many cliches. It's got so many sort of buzzwords, catchphrases, and complimentary football gets thrown around, you know, pretty willy nilly in a lot of ways. But a lot of them are true and, you know, in its core. And, and it's amazing when you play yeah, complimentary football, right? It, it's the offense didn't start great. They moved the ball a little bit better in the first quarter, I thought. You know, it, it was better than we've seen, but they didn't score. Um, no one scored in the first quarter. Yeah, and that's the point, right? It's amazing what can happen when you don't fall behind by two touchdowns in the blink of an eye, right? Then all of a sudden, the offense can get into a rhythm. The offense, you know, maybe not take their time, but the offense is afforded a little – wider margin of error right it's like okay we can kind of trust in the game plan a little bit we can trust in some of the schemes that we put in um to eventually pay off as opposed to being like oh shoot man we're down 17 again here we go we got to start airing it out a little bit more than we wanted to we got to abandon the run a little bit sooner uh than we were hoping to uh it's amazing how some of those things work right and then all of a sudden the special teams chips in, right? That long field goal from Matt Shipley. You got an, you got a lead in the first half, and all of a sudden you, you're playing with a little more pressure off of your chest. The defense can kind of get after it a little bit. Um, and again, it was weird. I, I talked about it last week, but just kind of taking the game in um, after the fact in that San Jose State game, as demoralizing as it was, it's like you throw on that defensive tape, and it's like there were a lot of really good plays. Like I don't know how they graded out overall, Third down, it was terrible. We understand that against San Jose State. But on first and second down, there were a lot of plays where they won. They won those plays, right? And they they put them behind the chains. You were getting some great contribution. Eliza Robinson's been a little bit of a revelation. Um, you know, 
guys like Jay, they're there are guys stepping up here, especially, you know, as they get more and more playing time because of some of the injuries that have occurred on that side of the football in particular. And so you start playing, was it perfect? No, the muff punts are concerning. Um, you know, the, the dropped touchdowns, right. That, 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 that's not what you want. Um, the personal fouls or the, the unsportsmanlike conducts like that has to stop. Um, and so they didn't play a perfect game, but it's, it's when, when every, when every phase of the team is picking up a little bit of the load and allowing each other to sort of play through some of those mistakes was, was any third of the, of, of the team perfect? No, by no stretch of the imaginations, but everybody was able to do a little bit, right? The offense was able to get going in large part because the special teams picked them up and in huge part because the defense set the tone it didn't allow Nevada to get anything going offensively early on right the offense built a little bit of a lead and so when the defense who was put in a bad spot because of the muff punt on special teams you know Verdell Edwards who one of the captains on this group and pretty out of character gets the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties um you know they were afforded a little bit of that like okay you gave up the touchdown but we're, we're still in the lead here we're not going to panic because guess what we built a little bit of a lead and now that's not a back-breaking issue um, it, it shouldn't happen, but it, again, complimentary football, it's kind of amazing when, when each phase is able to pick each other up a little bit and, and, and good things can happen. Uh, and it, it was, it was kind of nice to see. It's like, that's how you go about winning football games. doesn't have to be perfect, but, uh, when you get contributions all up and down the roster, you know, you put yourself in position and they did a nice job of, of building that lead. And then even when it got a little dicey there in the third quarter. Uh, they didn't panic. They were able to to see this thing out. Yeah, it's almost like I'm thinking about investment right now, where you you want to hedge your investments with some other maybe conservative things, and you let your more intense, aggressive ones uh, get after it. You know, but those don't always pay. Where are these gonna be? The uh, that day in day out, just consistency and. You know, if you look at our football team, I don't think you can look at either unit, offense or defense, as being a decent one. And we've needed them to be kind of an aggressive performer. And like we've said in previous weeks, it feels like we're kind of bursting at the seams, going at like 3,000 RPMs, just trying to hang on. Um in a matchup against, uh, let's just call it what it is, Jordan, a subpar Nevada team, I think we see where Hawaii can match up a little bit better across the board and um, can handle a team in the trenches a little bit easier. Um, I mean, our defense, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, we had 10 tackles for loss, Jordan. We had six sacks. Um two forced uh turnovers which all three of those things were next to non-existent all season those three categories right there and you uh you, you bring up a good point about complementary football our offense's biggest problem this year has been not get well i you know what i'm, I'm thinking about too getting off the field too early that's the first one and then two probably punching it in the red zone. The, the, those are two elements that I'm sure Timmy and that offensive staff are looking at very critically right now. Um, 
heading towards the end of this season. Um, but if you can't count on that, you put so much pressure on your defense. And then if they're not um, also upholding their end of the bargain, like it is next to impossible to win football games because turn it over to the other side with the, you know, any other opponent in the mountain West, the mountain West is a scoring conference teams score points in the mountain West. And if you aren't getting there or at least keeping them from the end zone, it's going to be tough to win. It is. And for Hawaii to pick up just their third win all time in Reno uh, in 12 trips, uh, no small feat, right? They've also won four of the last five meetings overall. Uh, and they won two of the last three, I think it is uh, going up to Reno. So to end a 10-game road losing streak dating back to last season, first road win since uh, that 38-14 victory to cap the uh, 2021 season up in Wyoming. It, it had been a while. Uh, season-long four-game losing streak. Uh, the 10-game road losing streak was the third longest in program history. Uh, first time in the last seven games, UH did not trail after the first quarter. Um, did go scoreless in the opening quarter for the fifth time in the last six games. Uh, and won the turnover battle for the first time this season. And so I, I kind of curious your observations too, Hunter, and, and this is a little bit more um, broad conversation. But, you know, it seemed Coach Chang was a little more willing to play field position. Uh, they weren't quite as aggressive on fourth down. Uh, they were willing to kick field goals. Um, obviously, the 250 yarders for Matt Shipley, right? Those areas of the field inside the 40 yard line kind of between the 40 and the 25 we've seen them go for it quite a bit this season um but trusted Matt Shipley and altitude maybe helping influence that decision a little bit getting a little extra boost from distance but a little bit more I don't want to say conservative but a little bit more trusting in the special teams uh and part of that I think is the fact that they weren't chasing right uh and you're not chasing points there and then also offensively um it wasn't just pure four wide uh, like we've seen, uh, they've kind of bounced back and forth in, in trying to figure out what they want to do, right, in terms of personnel and how they want to attack, how they want to attack the run game as well. We saw a few more delayed handoffs, a few more draws, a little bit more spread you out go. And then then also, um, you know, lining up solo by Pulu at tight end as a blocking back um, in that 20 look with with Landon Sims back there, who obviously had his best game. And, and so there, there seemed to be some wrinkles offensively. Um, and, and you probably have a, a keener eye as to maybe some of those details there. And it's kind of interesting watching the, the television broadcast, you know, and, and Kano and Rich Miano talking about it and, and talking about Timmy Chang and kind of describing the run and shoot, right. And, and comparing it old Testament, new Testament, sort of this new age versus sort of your, your old school, traditional run and shoot. Um, and, and I think we've seen it evolve over time. Right. And, and we saw Rolo and, and Stutzman, really kind of put some RPO tweaks on it. We've seen Timmy try to, to figure out exactly how he wants his version of the run and shoot to look. Uh, there's a lot of collaboration between the eras, whether it's June, whether it's it's Rolo. Uh, I know Timmy and his guys are always picking those guys' brains. Dan Morrison, who's been in, in town, you know, to, to, to help over the course of the season here and there. Um, and so kind of curious to see or to, to hear what you saw out there this week and if there were any sort of tweaks that that Hawaii was able to throw out there not giving away trade secrets or anything like that but it, it seemed like they they had a little bit of a different plan to go about things especially to help the running game along with 
getting, you know, some of the production that we saw in the passing game earlier in the season. Yeah. You know, it, it, it appeared to me like Nevada was running a cover two, uh, cover two man at times. And if they create that space, not only are you going to get the shorter routes, which I thought Braden was much more disciplined about taking whenever it was there, but it was also uh Number 13 was not afraid to tuck it and run it at times too. Amazing. A lot of the first half, uh, Braden was running the rock a little bit. I mean, on the, um, the, uh, the box score right now, we got him at 49 yards of rushing, which Mm -hmm. I think that includes the sack yard. That's right. That that's a season high for him. And that, that was on 11 different carries. So I think that's worth mentioning Jordan, because, we haven't seen that a whole lot. Um, that that was kind of a different approach there. And that's part of playing football and taking what the defense gives you. If uh, they drop back into a deep coverage because they're worried about you going over the top and they don't have a backer spying you and you got space, go, go. There's like, there's literally no one on you. Be a football player. And uh, the big boy was moving a little bit. Um, love to see it. And um, I, I really like that. And you, you, you were right in saying, you know, the, the play calling was uh, strategic. I, I would say towards the fourth quarter, certainly in the later half of the fourth quarter, it looked like we completely shut down the engines and played for position, played for ball security. Um, we did not want anything to get in the way of, handing them back this game because Nevada felt like they were um, surging, looking for um, something to sneak through. And we weren't about to let that happen on our watch. That was just how it felt watching that game. Um, And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've been at practice uh, not to gloat, but I have been at practice probably more than anybody all season. And I love that this platform is here for me to speak to so many uh, season ticket holders and lovers of Hawaii football. I tip my cap to this coaching staff with the amount of injury that they've had to go through. Um, transfer portal in the last couple of weeks with uh, key guys leaving at, at times Um they almost have to draw up a a brand new offensive scheme with some of the the uh the meat and potatoes of the run and shoot but they have to get inventive on a week in week out basis um we started to see uh, a little bit of rpo again uh which was something that you and I have talked about at times jordan it's like man this this could be very beneficial for this group from how we're kind of watching and um, without getting too more, too much more in the weeds, it makes such a difference when you're running the ball. If you're running the ball and you can count on your O-line to go, you know, heads up with five guys for against their five guys, or certainly our five against their four and they handled their assignments you're gonna you're gonna move the ball at least three yards potentially more than that so um when you look at it averaging almost four yards a carry 
that's going to be a good day at the office for uh, for your rushing attack. That, that was the big thing, right? It, it, they were finally able to get some success on the ground, some early success on the ground. And, and yeah, I, I'm with you, right? Shager being involved in that, just helping move the chains, keep drive alive, keep, keep drives alive, some easy first downs. Uh, boy, life becomes so much easier on offense, right? And, and I think the, the total numbers through the passing game kind of indicative of what you talked about being much more disciplined and taking the shorter routes, right? He threw it 38 times, but 203 yards through the air. Um, and look, if Bokialati Malala catches that pass before halftime, you know, some, some of that yardage is, is included, but they end up coming back and, and hitting Ashlock uh, later for the touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, excuse me, two touchdowns, no interceptions was sacked twice. Um, but it's just just way cleaner in the pocket. Um, I, I love that they were willing to go to Dalen Morris a little earlier. You know, I think early in the season that that sort of wildcat package, if you will, with the the backup quarterback, the Navy grad transfer, I thought was pretty effective. Um, and they kind of went away from it a little bit. And, and now I think in part because of the injuries to, to almost everybody else, um, getting him involved a little bit more in the run game. I like that brings brings a little dynamic element to it and and so I it's just it was much different um for this group again it took them a little while to get going but then then you saw some things starting to click uh just some of those numbers Shager 21 of 38 with the two touchdowns 203 yards Landon Sims 11 carries 65 yards Solo laid a beautiful block on that touchdown from yep. uh, Morris I mean he blew that guy up in the hole it was yeah untouched Morris basically untouched into the end zone on that one yeah. um yeah, I, I think Vipulu's kind of settled into that role quite a bit, and they, they the, the way they're using him in some of those blocking schemes. Then, then he had the three carries for nine yards. Uh, Najee Bryant laid five carries, fourteen yards. Um, the other interesting thing: only nine yards, uh, nine lost yards on running plays, and six of those from Shager, right? So, so on the sacks, basically. So, not a lot of negative plays for this team on Saturday. Uh, Feli Ashlock, nine catches, 87 yards. He had the two touchdowns. Stephen McBride, four for 52. Nick Senecal, four for 37. Carson Puna, one grab for 11 yards. Kuali Nishigaya had the one uh, early grab for nine yards. Alex Perry, one for eight. And then uh, Chucky Hines, one for negative one uh, in the ball game. And so, yeah, it was a, it was an offense that, uh, you know, I think showed some some ideas, some, some good ideas and uh, how they want to go about things. Uh, defensively, some of the stats looking at it, Jalen Smith had seven total tackles, uh, had a tackle for loss and the sack there. Uh, I, I think he just keeps continuing to play better. Uh, Elijah Palmer, good to see him healthy. That dude's just all over the place, man. Uh, six total tackles. Andrew Troy had six, uh, with one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Peter Manuma had the interception, five tackles. Nalo Emerson in there. Elijah Robinson had two sacks in the ball game. You know, it, a ton of different guys getting involved in, in the backfield uh, defensively for this group. And, you know, kind of kind of like we saw with Logan Taylor last year. It's like you give these guys a chance and, and maybe they didn't jump out right away. But, man, a lot of these guys are getting opportunities and, and playing much better with extended run. Nalo Emerson had five tackles. Mikey Pay with four. Isaiah Tufanga, you mentioned, forced a fumble. He had half a sack in this ball game as well. Uh, I thought the secondary played pretty decently well um in this ball game and so for a Hawaii team to to win basically uh, all of the categories you want them to right turnover differential they won that a turnover battle they win that uh they run for more yards than Nevada they throw for more yards than Nevada 
um, more first downs than the Wolfpack in this ball game. Time of possession um, advantage to Hawaii in this ball game as well. Uh, Hawaii holds Nevada three of fourteen on third down, uh, which is obviously a much better improvement over what San Jose State did against that defense. UH five of sixteen on third down. Not necessarily lighting it on fire, but uh, they were able to, to sustain a few more drives than we've seen from this group. And so, for a Hawaii team that uh, shut out an opponent for the first in the first half for the first time since the uh, the New Mexico Bowl in 2020 uh, against Houston, uh, first time since then, it's the first uh, team's largest halftime lead since the the 2021 season finale at Wyoming, and um, first time that they have taken a halftime lead this season so uh pretty good stuff pretty good stuff and uh matt shipley by the way a uh recently making the semifinal list for the luke rosa award for the best place kicker in college football 250 yarders that'll help you do that uh no doubt about it so uh kudos to those guys there any final thoughts on the uh the nevada win here hunter before we turn the page and take a look at air force who admittedly a uh, little different caliber than nevada uh, you know, just because it was such a, a hot topic, um, both on the fans' voice and around Hawaii football uh, fandom, the the call or cry, if you will, to suspend Verdell Edwards. I, I wanted to kind of speak on that just for a second. Mm, yeah, please. Um, Verdell is not only one of the captains of our team, but... Uh, since the injury to Cam Stone and Logan Taylor, one of the leaders of our team. And uh, he, you know, stood up and acknowledged the whole team on Tuesday and apologized and uh, asked for forgiveness and said that won't ever happen again. And um, the team uh, embraced him and, uh, and in a sense forgave him. And I've gotten a chance to know this guy throughout the season. He's a phenomenal dude and uh, completely out of character. Um, that's not something that he normally does or something that they're worried about him continuing to do. Um, when you're on a struggling football team and you're one of the guys that week in, week out is the standard bearer, is the the bar setter and either guys aren't going there with you or your effort isn't being matched. And on top of that, you're losing. It is hard. I'm speaking from literal direct experience as one of those guys who's tried to help a, a bad team continue to move forward. It, it gets tiring, Jordan. And uh, there's a, there's a great line from that movie Shawshank Redemption. Every man has its breaking point. And I think about that line watching that interaction with Verdell Edwards where, you know, he, uh, he had a moment and we all have moments. I think it's, it's helpful to remember that these are kids, these are college athletes and um, each player on a college football team is treated differently uh, and deservedly. So you can't cut that kid off for the rest of the season when he's a lifeblood to your team. Uh and track record speaks for that uh, as well. You know, if he's never done anything like that, you, you got to show some grace and you got to show some flexibility um, from the staff towards one of your leaders. And uh, I hope that people have that kind of uh, 
um, level of grace for me whenever I lose it because I'm prone to losing it from time to time. And just kind of wanted to speak to that a little bit, Jordan, because it's uh, kind of a bigger issue than just one play. And uh, the team has addressed it. Um, and for all intents and purposes, it looks like it's been handled. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Um, it's it can't happen. Like that's that's something that that needs to be addressed. Um, it's it's something we haven't seen from Ferdell really at any point in his time at the University of Hawaii. He's a captain, as you point out, and and obviously even captains, right? You can be held to a little bit of a higher standard, a little bit higher expectation. Um, and if that's been handled in house, then then I think that's that's satisfactory for the group. I will say, right, and and, and on the breaking point, and I don't know, you know, those two, it was obviously it started with him and the the receiver, um, you know, John a little bit back and forth. Um, and you, you want to be smart. You want your guys to play with a little bit of an edge. Uh, I don't know exactly what drew the first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Um, the the problem that I had with it, and I'm not making an excuse for, for Verdell, like he, he I think, We'll probably divulge that too if you got a chance to talk. Like he's got to be better. He can't get kicked out of the game, <laughs> you know. Like that just cannot happen. But the the um the official was John back a little bit there. That's um, exactly which, right. He was, he which, was which, which, I, which so I'm like okay, you know it, it, that that also seemed a little bit suspect to me. And again. I don't care if it's the official talking to you or whatever. Like if you're a player, you just got to go back to the bench. Right. Again, it's a, it's a great learning moment. Uh, but the, the bigger problem, the, the even bigger problem that I had with it, and I've officiated a little bit um, at the high school basketball level, the guy who threw the second flag was not the official that Verdell was engaged with. Ah. The, the, the official that Verdell was speaking with um, that, that Edwards was, was, you know, kind of you know had there was a little something there it was another official who threw the flag on the second unsportsmanlike conduct and i hate that like yeah. if, if an official is engaged with a player or a coach or something and there's an argument going on and, and clearly it was not one-sided um then let that official handle it a, a, a secondary official came in and threw that second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and i didn't like that and if yeah. that official who was having that conversation with Edwards is the one who ends up throwing it. It's like, okay, well, you know, right. If, if you're getting an argument with an umpire, you don't want the first base umpire to come sprinting down the, the line. And then all of a sudden kick you out for whatever you're saying with the home plate umpire. Like that's, Hey man, this isn't your conversation is basically my point. And so. Or home plate important? umpire calling a guy out at first. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, He's Hey man, close. like I, I don't know what was said. It may have been warranted at the end of the day. Maybe it should have been two flags and 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 him being disqualified for the rest of the game. But I did have quite a problem with another official kind of coming in into the A and B conversation, if you will. Um, and again, none of this is to excuse what happened. Like it cannot happen again. There's I don't care if he was at fault, if he was partially at fault or not at fault at all. Like it just it cannot happen. We, they need him out there. Um, and, and they can't be gifted away yardage. They can't be gifted away touchdowns, uh, because of that. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily handled great by, by the official slash officials maybe there. Um, and, and, you know, we weren't on the ground. It was on the road. We, we didn't get quite the, the up close and personal view of it, but yeah, I, I did have some issues with, with how it was 
it was mechanically operated by the officials in that sense. But again, bottom line, final word, you got to be better. Like Absolutely. Just, just and head back to the bench. Another thing that has been a topic of conversation around Hawaii fandom for weeks now has been the overall topic of discipline. And I can tell you firsthand that practice the last two and a half weeks <laughs> since before the San Jose uh, game to now uh, is totally different. I mean, they, they have quarterbacks pushing sleds. They have uh, they open practice with team wide conditioning and not just jogging. I'm talking like full sprints with coaches yelling blowing whistles in their butts from the time they start practice and they're saying things like this may not be for everyone um this is the new standard uh it's about the little things gentlemen uh honestly it's it felt kind of those periods reminded me jordan of the chow era chow era felt just like that and the Shift in intensity is what was so great that even bystanders like myself am checking to see if I'm going to get yelled at, you know, if maybe this isn't for everyone and I'm thinking about myself, like, okay, I need to go get on that sled real quick. Um, I'm bringing that up because it's slowly starting to change the, the mood, the um, accountability, the, standard across the board is shifting and this road victory i think is a huge testament to what this staff has shifted in practice so i kind of wanted to end nevada with that yeah i think it's a great point they've cut down on the penalties overall over the yep. last four weeks or so which is a, a good sign the the big remaining i think issue and you've seen it at practice is is just the personal the 15 yarders like if they can if they can rein that in a little bit and they just have come at four times right whether it was smith a couple of weeks ago against san jose state after the stop on third down whether it was you know the the issue with with verdell uh edwards this week like it that that's it it's been they've they've addressed it they've tried to uh and i think it's gotten better um and now it's just cleaning up the last bit of it but it, the, the i mean we, you just look at the box scores from early in the season double digit penalties and 100 yards of of penalty yardage like it, it it's not that anymore it's just the untimely 15 yarder man they they just got to cut that out and and i think that will you know kind of go a long way for this group when it comes down to it so it's uh it's a group that uh, will turn the page and um has a sliver of hope to try and get to 6 and 7 they got to run the table the rest of the way and that's going to start with Air Force on Saturday. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back uh, second half time on episode 115. Uh, the Cooter Trophy on the line. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time here on episode 115. Hawaii Football Now, Jordan Hunter back with you. Uh, the general Cooter Trophy is on the line as first place Air Force rolls into town. Um, Air Force, 18.5-point favorites. The total uh, is right about 48.5. I think that may have climbed just a little bit here uh, as we look at it. Uh, Air Force leading the all-time series, taking 14 of the first 22 meetings, 14 wins, seven for Hawaii, and one tie in the series history leading up to this weekend's matchup. Air Force still the lone unbeaten in conference play. <clears throat> 
They suffered their first loss of the season this past weekend in Denver, a little neutral site game uh, as they welcomed in Army and got kind of handled by the Black Knights in that ballgame, losing 23-3. to And so Air Force dropping out of the national rankings, including the college football playoff rankings. And uh, now the Mountain West kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to trying to get in to the uh, the New Year's Six Bowl games uh, in the college football playoff rankings. They, they're going to need some help, that's for sure. Uh, Fresno and UNLV both four and one. Uh, Wyoming three and two, Boise three and two, San Jose State uh, after a slow start, they're three and two as well, kind of the top half of the Mountain West Conference standings. Big one this weekend, uh, UNLV taking on Wyoming uh, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, that is. Uh, Falcons come in at eight and one overall, as we mentioned, six and one and six and oh in the Mountain West Conference. Troy Calhoun, the veteran, uh, he's been there 17 years now uh, in Colorado Springs. Did not go well last week in Denver. Lost twenty-three to three. Probably cost them the command, or possibly cost them the Commander in Chief's Trophy as well. Uh, that'll come down to the Army Navy game later on this season. Uh, dropped out of the College Football Playoff rankings. <clears throat> Still receiving votes in both the AP and the coaches poll. Um, Hawaii football fans will remember the last meeting in Hawaii, um, or not? They may have blocked this out of their memory. Uh, that was the fifty-six to twenty-six Air Force win. Uh, and in fact, the last two Air Force trips to Hawaii haven't gone well. Uh, there's that infamous 58-7 to game. That was the last game coached by Norm Chow in charge of the program. Uh, last Hawaii win 2016 at Air Force, 34-27 uh, overtime victory that year. Uh, this is a Air Force program that has been just the example of consistency. Uh, over the last number of years, uh, 10 and three last season, won the Armed Forces Bowl 30 to 15 over Baylor. The last four seasons, including this year, or the last four seasons and this year included, so the last almost five seasons now, they're 42 and 12. Um, <clears throat> any group of five program would love that. Uh, and for them to do it with the restrictions that the uh, service academies have to abide by, they went 10 and three in 2021, beat another Power Five opponent in a bowl game in Louisville. Uh, went three and three in the COVID short in 2020 season. And then in 2019, they went 11 and two and beat Washington State. So they got three bowl wins in the last four seasons against Power Five opponents. They're 42 and 12. Uh, that includes, you know, up, up to date this season. Uh, this, it's not Nevada. Uh, this can be a tougher test uh, coming this week. They obviously bring the unique element of the triple option. Uh, they are leading the nation, I think, still, yeah, leading the nation and rushing at over 284 yards per game. They only give up 82 yards on the ground. Uh, they score over 30 points per game. They give up 14.4 points per game. That's the fifth fewest in the nation. Uh, so they got the fifth best scoring defense in the nation. They've held 16 straight opponents to 30 points or less, which is the longest streak in the nation. A lot of that has to do with the fact that you don't get the football when you play them uh, because they just eat yardage. Um they only throw it for 84 yards a game. They don't need to um, and give up uh, 157.4 pass yards per game. That's the fourth best in the nation. Uh, again, number three, uh, number five scoring defense in the nation and number three defense in the nation in terms of total yardage, giving up just 239.6 yards per game. And offensively, they average just over 358 yards per game. Uh, so with all that being said, Hunter, how does Hawaii uh, pull the upset here? Before going to Hawaii, Jordan, I just, as a lover of college football and in all of the progression that the game has seen, the uh, the move forward with different positions and play calling, 
it's still cool when a team like Air Force can have this level of production with something as old as the triple option. Like just to, to me, I, I look at their success this year and they're, they're literally leading the nation in rushing off of the triple. It, it just that there's something, even though we're playing them this week and I want to kick their butt that, that is, it's just cool. It's just cool to me where you can get a group of, of, uh, a group of special individuals together that are bought in singularly on one mission. <laughs> I'd say that tongue in cheek. Cause you know, they're, they're literally soldiers. Um, and then go out there and accomplish at the level that they are. Um, I just, I need to say that. And every time we play air force, I mean, every time I remember that game, Chow's last game, <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. If you don't go out there and punch them in the mouth, they will run you. They will run you. They will run you. They will run you. All this week, uh, Timmy has been shouting at the guys to get them off the field. And then offense, keep them off the field. Keep them off the field. I, I look at, you know, their their record this year, and there have been a couple times, Jordan, uh, mainly the Sam Houston game earlier in the season, and then uh, the – the Navy game and then obviously this Army game too is kind of an anomaly, but there have been occasions where their offense might have had an off day or uh, they just ran into a decent, decently good defense where from a uh, offensive production standpoint, they didn't score all that many points. And for Hawaii to be successful, we're going to have to outscore them. It We're going to need to have one of our banner offensive days to hang with these guys because you, you mentioned it when they get the ball they don't they don't give it back and coming off of an army 23 to 3 loss with six turnovers i guarantee you they aren't throwing the ball very much they are keeping it on the ground hawaii is susceptible uh, um susceptible to letting um to letting up a lot of rushing yards that's how we are scouted. They're going to run it up our throat. And to combat that, it's all on our offense. Again, if we can have a production uh, production level day similar to the Vanderbilt game, the second half of uh, New Mexico State, and then the San Diego State game without the turnovers, we might have a shot. We really might have a shot. I believe that um a hundred percent in my heart that we have what it takes offensively to put up some numbers um we, we we're still waiting uh to see if that will happen this season um we're going to need all of that and then maybe a little bit of help from them for us to to, to make it a ball game this saturday yeah it, it's you got the they make you play more perfect than you want to, right? Because of the limited number of possessions, because of the lengthy drives, uh, the time of possession. But it's it's a it's an interesting matchup for Hawaii because they they have seemed to play the run a little bit better last week. Obviously, it's a much different look. Uh, it's hard to prepare for the triple option, um, and they kind of wear you down. the The key is right if you can come up with some stops early on uh, and make them play from behind. It becomes a much different calculus for for a triple option team, and so 
can Hawaii do that? They haven't been able to really do that. Even against Nevada last week, they weren't able to score early. Um, their defense was able to, to obviously shut out Nevada in the first half. And so um, it's it's an Air Force team that, that obviously there's a whole lot of meaning that comes to this, right? The Air Force coming in on Veterans Day weekend. Um, playing for the for the trophy that these two teams play for. There's a little added meaning to a lot of this. Um, but it's an Air Force team that that coming off of that loss to Army is going to be, you know, they're going to be smarting a little bit uh, and ready to go. Uh, but it is kind of interesting because of their ranking and whatnot and, and, and not having dived into Air Force until this week, you know, and, and getting into it. They haven't really played the toughest of schedules, like their non-conference opponents so far, Robert Morris, FCS, uh, Sam Houston, who's transitioning up to FCS, who Hawaii's got on the schedule here in a bit. Sammy's not good. I think they, they may have just won their first game or they might still be winless. Um, beat Sam Houston 13 to three in this one. And then uh, outside of those games, they had Navy and Army. Both teams aren't having great years and Army uh, was kind of in a similar slide that Hawaii was into before this latest victory over and you throw out the records when you get the three service academies together we get that but even in conference right San Diego State's down this year they got San Jose State early before the Spartans are kind of on this run here uh played Utah State at home uh beat Colorado State at Colorado State and then Wyoming's kind of the most impressive victory on that but they, they haven't necessarily beaten the the upper half of the conference outside of Wyoming and San Jose State if you want to throw them in there right they haven't played UNLV they haven't played Boise. They haven't played Fresno. Um, they will. They will. Yeah, they, they've yeah, got UNLV and Fresno, Fresno to, to close out, right? That That's yeah. going to be a big and, and probably will decide whether they're in the conference championship game or not as one of the top two teams. And so they, they got a tough stretch here. And obviously with the travel, right, coming to Hawaii and then going back next week, taking on UNLV. Um, and so I guess just looking at it, right, it's it's they, they haven't knocked off murderer's row. I don't say that to diminish what they've accomplished because I do think it's a darn good football team. Zach Larrier is one heck of an option quarterback uh, and can throw it pretty decently too. Um, but, you know, there some teams have found some success in slowing things down just a little bit uh, against Air Force. You talk about Sam Houston, uh, you talk about Navy and Army. But other than that, right, they've, they've scored, even if it wasn't Murderer's Row in the Mountain West, like they put up 39, 45, 49, 34, uh, 30 in conference, in, in two years, which I think speaks very much to your point, Hunter. Always got to score like that's they, they got to put up uh, some numbers here. And even if it was their best performance of the season against Nevada, still 27 points, right? You're going to want to get probably that 30 point mark, uh, which has sort of been the the threshold that, that you bring up quite often. So, yeah, that's uh, that's I, I think a similar story here this week. Get off the field and, and score some points, uh, which is obviously easier said than done. I don't think it's that much of an exaggeration. Jordan, to say that if we win this Saturday, it will be the crowning achievement of Timmy Chang's coaching career. Yeah, this is a big, I mean, they're, I just checked it again. They're actually 19 and a half point underdogs now. So they're, they're, they're you know, three touchdown underdogs uh, when it comes down to it. They'll be, they'll be up against it here. No doubt about it. Zach Larry is their um, leader at quarterback. Uh, he's only thrown it 62 times this year, but he, he averages 20 yards per completion. Six touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also ran it for 578 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Emmanuel Michel is their uh, kind of that D-back in the option, uh, 733 yards, nine touchdowns. They've got four different guys who run it for over 345 yards uh, and six different guys who have at least two touchdowns rushing this season. Uh, Jared Rosnos 
uh, leading receiver with 11 grabs for 332 yards, two touchdowns. That's 30.2 yards per catch, by the way. Um, and they got a couple of dudes who can get after it. Bo Richter and PJ Ramsey, both with over six sacks uh, as kind of those edge guys on that Air Force defense. So something to keep an eye out for um, as we know, Hawaii likes to throw the football. So um, that'll be uh, uh, undersized as usual, but uh, pretty athletic Air Force defense. So Hawaii's got their hands full a little bit there. All right. Any uh, final thoughts, Hunter, on uh, Air Force before we get uh, to the wrap up portion here? Yeah, you know, uh, I think we're we're also needing to acknowledge that Air Force lost this last week in a borderline humiliating fashion. They're going to be angry. They're not happy that Army, another Armed Forces school that is not very good this season, spoiled potentially their chances at a New Year at a New Year's Six bowl game. Um. And the the smudge on their otherwise perfect season has uh, has been stamped by another armed forces school. I promise you, if if we don't match their energy, like that to me is the scariest part of this Air Force team coming in here. They know that we're not very good, and they want to put a hurting on us in retaliation to what happened last week. So. Um, I just I know football players, they are really looking forward to getting back what they lost last week. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the wake up call, right? Quite the reminder um, that, uh, you know, they got to get back to it. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, we'll, we'll see you guys down there at Ching on Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. I apologize. We're uh, kind of running up against the hour so. Um, can't quite get to the, the comments, but uh, shout out to everybody from Al to John, um, Justin, uh, our guy Pastrami lover also um, dropping us the line again uh, and uh, sharing the sentiments about Pastrami. Uh, so that's uh, that's always good there. Uh, but yeah, final uh, final comments on the two minute drill. Anything you'd like to, to discuss here, Hunter, before we uh, before we wrap this thing up? As much as it's. Uh... Uh, grasping at straws or uh, shooting for something that's way up in the sky. If we win out, if we win out, there is still an off chance right now. As 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 uh, we record yeah. this today, there's an off chance that we might still find ourselves uh, backdoor um, barreling, uh, just like at Pipeline, backdoor barreling our way into the Hawaii Bowl and. Uh, I like to throw that out there just as kind of a, a little note of positivity and hope uh, before uh, anything else happens this season. Never know. You never know. Crazier things have happened. Uh, that is for sure. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us as we wrap things up. Uh, hopefully another Hawaii win this week. We shall see. Uh, big thanks to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill as well. Big shout out. To, uh, to all of you for tuning in and uh, all the guys dropping us a comment as well. Uh, for Hunter, I'm Jordan. We will see you next week uh, right back here on Hawaii Football Now. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.